Boys and girls, welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I'm Andrew Brandt. That music is the one and only Sam Brandt. My son, Neon Blooming, is the track. And you are here for a Brandt's Rants edition of the Business of Sports. As you know, big trade in the NFL. That's what I'll get to right away on the Rants. And a lot of misunderstandings about cap when a, contra- when a trade like that happens and the concept of dead cap money. Now, I talk about it a lot. People ask me about it a lot. What I thought I'd do is get into a little explanation of it after I talk about the trade generally. Okay, so we're going to do a rant about the Stafford and Goff trade in the NFL, a blockbuster trade. We're going to talk about some salary cap 101 stuff, and we are going to talk about the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not your guy to talk about the X's and O's of the Super Bowl, but I will talk about it kind of a general philosophical and business point of view. All right, let's get right to it on this branch edition of the Business of Sports. Monster trade on Saturday night. Uh, we have what was really interesting to me is that two overall number one picks got traded. The number one pick from the 2009 NFL draft, Matthew Stafford, traded for the number one pick of the 2000, I believe, 16 NFL draft, Jared Goff, seven years apart top overall pick. A lot has changed with contracts of quarterbacks during that time. Stafford was uh, one of or the last bonus baby, him along with Sam Bradford, where these massive number one contracts came out. In fact, number one paid quarterbacks, I'm sorry, number one drafted quarterbacks were one of the, some of the most highest paid players in the league back before the new CBA took a haircut to top pick pay which is very interesting because you have Matthew Stafford is going to be, no matter what happens, a real Hall of Famer in the business of football because of that rookie contract, because of the extensions they've done, because of the great job that Tom Condon has done in his contracts. And here we are, Matthew Stafford, I think, has like $230 million and the top earners are at like 270, like Brady and Breeze, but Brady and Breeze played, I don't know, six more years, seven more years than uh, Matthew Stafford, at least. So we'll see where that goes. Anyway, to the trade itself. To review, as you've all, if you haven't heard, it's two future number one picks go along with Goff and a third round pick for the rights to Matthew Stafford. Uh, obviously, nothing's official till March 17th. People ask, can this go away? Can this be renewed upon? Sure. I mean, the trading moratorium goes through March 17th, which is the start of free agency. Can it happen where teams renege? I guess so. Yeah, we've had players renege on supposed free agent deals. Frank Gore with the allegedly with the Philadelphia Eagles at one point before the Colts. We've had uh, coaches renege before it becomes official. Josh McDaniels, speaking of the Colts. Can this happen between two teams? Yeah, you can, but you're not going to be able to do deals again, right? Because there's a there's a history, there's a dossier when teams do this kind of thing and teams aren't going to want to deal with them. So if the Lions and or the Rams back out, well, if they back out mutually, it's different. But if one of them backs out, yes, that's a problem. You know, we're not going to see teams want to do business with the Rams or the Lions. The Lions have a new GM, so we'll see what happens there. Okay, I think the trade is something, I just want to give a contrarian point of view on it. I think everyone says, well, Stafford, he's the best player. The Rams made the best deal. Okay. The problem is you can't judge this trade for many years. And I know we're in this business where you got to have a take right away and judge it and give it a grade and who won. So it's hard for me because I look at these deals 
as really that have to play out. Now, two number one picks, the first one isn't even till next year. The next one is 2023. So say you need two, three years to judge those players who are first round picks for the Detroit Lions next year and the year after. And to judge them, we're not really judging them till probably 2025. So that's when this contract is to be judged. How did golf play over the last four years if we're sitting here in 2025? And how do these two rookies play in the last two and three years in 2025? And then how did Matthew Stafford play for four years for the Rams? That's really how you have to judge it. The Rams should win, if you want to say who won the trade, the Rams should win the next two years, right? Stafford's at his prime or close to it. They're a good team. Stafford should bring them over the hump, right? Now they're third over in Super Bowl odds for next year. Yeah. But the Lions should win later in the deal because as these first-round picks mature, Stafford will be declining, assuming they even re-sign Stafford after two years, which I would expect that they will. So now we have an issue, you know? So then we're going to look and see what this trade is. Uh, okay. My point has been, I think that the haul that the Lions got for Stafford was due to a couple things, mainly leverage, options. Options create leverage. They had options. They had interested teams. Reports have since come out. Washington very interested. Indianapolis interested. San Francisco interested. Uh, Carolina interested, offering the eighth pick overall, in addition to other things. They went the Rams. Why? Well, the new GM in Detroit has history with the Rams, and they wanted golf, not not golf to flip, as people are suggesting, and people are suggesting, I think somewhat correctly, that part of the extra number one given to the Ram, given from the Rams to the um, to the to the Lions is because you know the Rams are taking the Lions are taking on that forty three million dollars of guaranteed money over the next two years. Well, they also like golf. I mean, they like golf. This GM likes golf. So he's not going to, he's not there to be flipped. He's there to play. Now, will he play as well as Stafford over the next two years with a diminished team compared to Stafford? I don't know. Will he play as well as Stafford over the next four or five years while he's still young in his twenties and Stafford's in his mid middle thirties at that point? Better question. So if you sort of hear me sort of favoring this for Detroit, maybe on the long term. I just think if the short term doesn't work in a favorable situation for the Rams, then they're in trouble because the worst thing that can happen with the Rams is this Stafford's not what he was, or he gets hurt or he's diminished in a couple of years or even in a year or later this year. And then they have an aging team and they have no draft picks. Okay. At least at the top of the draft, that's a problem. The Rams are a team that, I just sort of shake my head at. I'm not saying good, bad, or indifferent. I just think they're the most, they're the team least interested, it seems, in two things. Number one, preserving cap space, because I'll talk about that in a minute. Number two, preserving number one draft picks. To virtually every other team in the league, number one draft picks are price assets. You get your pick of the litter from college, right? Top 32 players. And you get to have them undervalued compared to veteran players for five years. That's a lot of time. You know, that's a lot of time to have a player 
And especially if they're good. And if they're not good, you get rid of them. But you do have the rights at a lower cost. They don't seem to like them. They don't seem to care. They have given away draft picks for Brandon Cooks, which they eventually traded. So that worked out so well. Jalen Ramsey is a real excellent player. Two number ones. The number one in this year's draft is for Jalen Ramsey. And then two, of course, for Matthew Stafford. As for the cap room, I'm going to explain dead cap in a second. They now have the two highest single dead cap charges on players in the history of the sport. 21 point plus something million dollars for Brandon Cooks, the aforementioned Brandon Cooks, who they gave a huge contract to and then traded after they gave up a one for him. And then Jared Goff, $22.2 million. And again, I'm going to explain this in a minute. The Jared Goff will... $22.2 million on the cap of the Rams while he's playing for the Lions, counting $28 million on the cap of the Lions. I'm going to say that again. Jared Goff will count $28 million for the Lions. That's not dead money. He's there. He's actually playing. But $22.2 million for the Rams. Not playing, not on the roster. I would assume their largest cap charge while he plays for the Lions. There's dead money on the other side. Letting Matthew Stafford go, which was the the Lions agreed to that, mutually agreeable, was 20, 19 million dead cap for the Lions. And then I think it's 20 million he's making this year for the Rams. Okay. I've never seen anything like this. I've been studying the cap for 25 years where you have two teams that trade quarterbacks with these massive dead money charges. Again, Stafford's going to count 19 on the, on the Lions payroll cap and 20 on the Rams. Goff's going to count 22.2 on the Rams and 27 point something, I believe, on the Lions. Massive. Never seen anything like it. It's a trade where teams gave up the, the money. Okay, now... People might be saying, hey, Andrew, you said none of this was going to happen because of the heavy dead cap costs. Well, we have two caveats here. Number one, with the Lions, Stafford comes to the Lions and say, hey, listen, you know, we've had a nice run. Let me out of here. You guys are starting over. New coach, six-year deal, building the team from scratch, turning to the studs. And the Lions said, sure, okay, we'll have an auction for you. And they did. And the other side is what I just talked about. The Rams seem to not care about dead money. And listen, we can all debate strategy, but here's the problem with dead money. It's cap accounting. It starts you with a low, less than a full deck, okay? Whatever the cap is, say the cap is 175 or 180. Before they get to the next player out of 70 players, they're counting Jared Goff, the, the Rams are, at 22. So they're not starting at 180. They're starting at 157 something, Right? And then they'll have all the dead money from other players that they have still, and they'll have all the cap charges. And then it's, that's the issue. You know, what we try to do in sports is create this level playing through, through a salary cap, but it's not working if teams are going to blow up their cap and they don't have a level playing field. Now, that's the name of the game. Okay. We'll get to the explanation of cap because I get so many questions about this in a second. All right. Next Before we get to that, one last comment about this trade. And I sort of brought the hinted at this before. My feeling is the reason that the Lions got so much for Matthew Stafford, such a haul from the Rams, and there would have been other teams, we heard about other packages, is this. 
he is and will be the only marquee quarterback on the market. Okay, that's why they had an auction for Matthew Stafford. I keep hearing about what is it now what is going to get for Deshaun Watson and five number ones. Come on, stop. Stop. I'm maintaining that Deshaun Watson is not for sale. Now, people see the GM say it. They see the coach say it. They still don't believe it. I get it. But I come back on Deshaun Watson, and I'll just say a word. I've talked to him about him before. I also say Carson Wentz not getting traded. I say Aaron Rodgers really not getting traded. Even though like a week ago, I hear prominent ESPN people saying Aaron Rodgers has played his last game for the 49ers. Please, please. The Packers aren't stupid. And the, the Texans are weird and maybe some incompetence at the senior leadership for football operations, but they're not stupid. And everyone says Deshaun Watson has leverage. What's the leverage? He's unhappy? Okay, he's unhappy. It's February. Ron Wolf used to say to me, I don't care about players who are unhappy in February, March, April, May. I care if they're unhappy in December. So what is the leverage of Deshaun Watson? Hey, I'm going to hold out of Zoom meetings. And then if he shows up at camp and doesn't show up, all the things the union did in making it tougher for players to hold out are going to come at him if the, if the Texans want to do that. Increase fines, give back signing bonus, all those kind of things. So we are six months away where Deshaun Watson may have some leverage like Jalen Ramsey had to sort of hold in instead of hold out to be a pain in the butt. What's he a pain in the butt now? There's no players there. There's no staff. There's no organized activities. And and, and eventually there'll be some Zoom meetings. Okay, he's going to hold out of Zoom meetings. Okay, that's my point on that. All right, let me, let's have a word from our sponsor uh, before I get to Cap 101. We got it this weekend. Here it is, 55th big game, 55. This deserves a big prize, not a trophy. To finish the football season, DraftKings Sportsbook, the top-rated sportsbook app in America, is giving all players a no-brainer of an offer. To celebrate this, DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored. That's right. All it takes, one touchdown to be scored, and boom, your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer. If this game wasn't enough to party, watch this. It's a prediction challenge up to $55 million in total prizes, instant prizes for everyone who's entered. DraftKings has paid out $7 billion plus to its players since 2012, so they know a thing about big payday. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS, R-O-S-S. Get your shot at doubling your money. If a single touchdown is scored in Sunday's game, that promo code ROSS, get a shot at doubling your money during Sunday night's season finale. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction dash challenge dash DFS for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, or in Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Back to Brant's rants. Here's something about the cap. A lot of people are asking about dead cap. I'll try to explain it as simply as I can. What happens with the NFL versus other sports, because of lack of guaranteed contracts, what teams and players do is they give big signing bonuses. And for cap purposes, signing bonuses are prorated. So take an example. You have a five-year, $10 million contract. Ten million, I'm sorry, five-year contract, say it's a $20 million contract, and a $10 million bonus. For cap purposes, the bonus is prorated. So for cash purposes, the player gets that $10 million year one. 
for cap purposes, it's spread out over five years. Okay. So five, two year one, two year two, two year three, two year four, two year five. So cap is prorated as long as it's put into signing bonus or future guaranteed series, future guaranteed roster bonuses, all the things that are treated as signing bonus and paratable. This is the feature of the NFL cap that is not in place with the NHL or NBA or other caps, proration. So take the numbers up. For these quarterbacks, we're talking about signing bonuses in the range of 30, 40, 50 million dollars. Now you talk about proration at six million a year, seven million a year for four, five, six years, right? The problem with doing proration is that when there's a separation through trade or release, either one, all unamortized signing bonus proration money accelerates to the moment of trade or release. Think about that. So say you have a $30 million signing bonus over five years. That's $6 million a year. You decide after year two, you're just not into this player. Things go south. He's not that good. You replace him with someone else. So what happens is you counted six million year one, year two, the other 24 million of the 30 million signing bonus that's been pushed out as unamortized bonus accelerates. So now you have a $24 million charge on that $30 million bonus, which was paid out in cash. This is not cash. This is cap. So let's be clear. We're not talking about cash. We're talking about cap accounting. It's not hard green money. It's simply accounting, but accounting holds up your books and prevents you from signing other players. So Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, all were given contracts with multiple prorated monies, signing bonus, future guaranteed roster bonus, future guaranteed option bonuses, all thrown in there to be prorated to create short-term room and worry about the long-term pain later. Why would you worry about it? These are players you're not going to separate from. Now the issue becomes separation. I've said with Wentz, that number is a staggering $34 million if they separated. With Rodgers, a staggering $32 million if they separated. With Goff, maybe not as staggering, but still a huge number, $22 million if they separated. And they did. And they did. Now that's the one. That's the one. I don't think there's going to be separation with Wentz and certainly not Rodgers and, and Watson as well. I think that number is $27 million. So again, people talk cavalierly, oh yeah, they can take it on. Well, historically they haven't. Okay. The two largest, as I mentioned, have been the Rams for Cooks and, and Goff. There are a couple other outliers like Antonio Brown get, you know, the Steelers, of course, Steelers are going to get rid of Antonio Brown for reasons we found out after it happened and everything they had to put up with all those years. And they were willing to take on 21 million of dead money because of that. So that's a little story about proration and the cap. Okay. Here's a better way to do these contracts. Let's look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's first year cash number, I think it was $40 million. He also got a first year roster bonus of like $28 million. Roster bonus, not prorated. What that means is Jimmy Garoppolo's first year cat number was not too far off his first year cash number, which is completely different than all these other contracts I've talked about. With Garoppolo, the cap number, I believe, was $37 million. What that means is as you go forward, and there is a separation. Things don't go as you planned. 
Now you can release the player or trade the player with minimal friction. Now you have a friction point in Garoppolo's case of a dead money charge of, let's, let's be clear, $2.8 million, okay? A world away from Goff's 22, from Watson's 27, from Rogers' 32, and from Wentz' 34. They can move on from Jimmy Garoppolo for a pittance of cap charge. This is what I tried to do in Green Bay. I was most proud of my legacy in Green Bay that when Brett Favre separated from the team, it was supposed to be a retirement. It ended up being a trade. Doesn't matter. Cap, dead cap charge, $600,000. I am totally patting myself on the back. It is a not humble brag, but that's what I'm proud of because we put the Packers in position to be successful. That's all a cap person in my mind should be doing. Put the team in a position to be successful. Okay, how do you do that? You try to pay as you go. You try to match cash and cap. You try to stay away as much as possible from paration. But to do that, you have to get ahead of the curb. You have to have cap room. Front load like the 49ers have, like other teams have, like Tampa Bay with Brady, no proration. Indianapolis, Rivers, no proration. Okay, when these players separate, nothing left on the cap, zero. Yet other teams, the Eagles get behind, you know, they're doing a lot of veteran extends. They do a Wentz contract with tons of paratable monies. The Rams are in this cycle where they're constantly flushing out players, so they have to push out money, so they, they have to prorate out players. Okay, this is what teams do. If they can get ahead of the curve, get themselves in a position where they have a lot of cap room, yeah. And look at Ben Roethlisberger, look at Drew Brees. They're going to move on from their team soon, and they're going to leave holes. Now, Roethlisberger, you know, he's doing do what he takes. I mean, he's cheaper to keep than cut. Brees probably will retire and leave a hole in the cap. It's just because of all the proration, because teams have credit carded out, they have mortgage, they have done uh, this idea that you prorate, 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 and not think about it coming back to haunt you. Okay. There's my cap lesson 101, uh, cap 101 about the cap. Listen, I'm a risk-averse guy. I manage the cap with that in mind. As I said, want to leave the team in a position to be successful. When I leave, in that case, when Brett leaves, and the case now, when Aaron leaves, are they going to be in a position to be successful? Of course. That's what you try to do as a cap. People talk about cap geniuses. Well, cap geniuses aren't people that prorate out money. Anyone can do that, right? Anyone can go to a cap and say, okay, you, you, you know, we'll turn your big salary into bonus and we'll push out all this cap room. And that's also what they do with these quarterbacks, not just the initial contract. They renegotiate. They take a $20 million salary. They move it down to $2 million salary. They prorate the other 18 over three years. They move out $6 million a year. But if they separate, those $6 million a year, you know, of course, accelerates back in. That's the problem with it. Okay, so that's where I am with uh, with dead cap and the golf contract. Again, they're the one team, you know, where I say it's going to do this. Well, of course, the Rams are different. They're just different. And the only thing else, last thing I'll say about the Rams is they've just left themselves with such a small margin of error, right? Stafford better be good, <laughs> like really good. Just like Jalen Ramsey, better be good. Brandon Cooks, better be good. He wasn't. They traded him. Uh, 
and they're starting, you know, they'll probably prorate out the big contracts like Donald and, and Ramsey. And, but again, Stafford better be good. He just better be good because they don't have the margin of error, say the Lions have. If Goff's good, great. If he's not, okay, they're rebuilding and they got a couple extra number ones coming up. All right, that's my point. Final, I have to say something about the Super Bowl. Here we are. We made it. The COVID uh, world, the COVID season that some of us, even, you know, including this guy, I was so concerned. I didn't say the NFL should not play. But I did say, as, I, as you've heard so many times, like, are we really doing this? And we did it. Reports today, as I record this on Monday of Super Bowl week, uh, we've got a couple COVID, uh, I don't know if they're positives or contract traced players already for the Chiefs. Not a surprise. I mean, it'd be naive to think it'd be different, right? It would be naive to think things would be different uh, with the way it is now. So we've got a COVID situation with the Lions. I mean, sorry, with the Chiefs. We'll see what happens. Um, And my only sense of the game is obviously, you know, I think the Chiefs have such explosion, which every team wants, where there's no concern at all being down 10, 10 plus points, where other teams there would be concern just about every other team. Uh, because of the weapons, because of Holmes, because of their quick strike offense. I said this two years ago, when you have the combination of Andy Reid, one of the more creative minds in the history of offensive football, with Patrick Mahomes and the speed weapons that he has, yeah, it's it's pretty lethal. So I do favor them. I, I'm impressed by Brady and the Bucks. Uh, I just think it's going to catch up to him all being on the road. So many, now I thought that in Green Bay, obviously, but I think now it's going to catch up to him, even though they're home. Even though then the weather, the travel to Washington and to New Orleans and to Green Bay, and before that, the end of the season, they were traveling to the last three weeks, I believe. That's tough. You know, and the wear and tear is going to catch up with them, in my opinion. I just think they have a good defense, but this is different. You know, this team is different. And last thing I'll say, this is not a slight on Brady, but this came up with Stafford. It just seemed like overnight Stafford became this really good quarterback of the same people that say that, hey, look at this quarterback. He didn't win X playoff games. He didn't make it to Super Bowl. He only won one Super Bowl, he, like Rodgers. It's like, and Brady won all these Super Bowl. Well, Stafford seemed to become a lot better overnight going to a team that could win. But I thought it's about the quarterback. Really, this is all about the – I get back to my point I've made so many times. Football is the ultimate team sport, okay? The ultimate team sport. Players play half the, half the time, 11 players on the field. You're only as good as your – pick a name. Offensive line, you're only as good as your receivers. You're only as good as your running backs. You're only as good as your quarterback, whatever it may be. So, again, this is not a slight on Brady. He's great. But playoff wins, wins – I mean, it's a team sport. And this is reflected in the fact that Stafford was bashed for his record. You know, Lions haven't been a good team. And now people think he's going to be different with the Rams. We'll find out. And if he is, great. You know, now it proves my point. It's a team sport. He's with a better team. He'll do better. If he doesn't do well, maybe he's the problem, you know. So uh, we'll find out. Okay. Uh, You want a prediction? You didn't ask, but I'll give you one. Uh, let's say, and this is what I did for Sports Illustrated. They asked me for my prediction. We'll say a prediction of the Chiefs 34 and the Bucks 23. Okay, how about that?
All right, listen, a lot of ways I'm doing some videos now on Twitter. They seem to be well received about a big trade or about something that happens. Um, also, um, my newsletter. It's doing well. It's free. It's just a way of me providing more content. It links you to this podcast and other things. The newsletter is andrew-brandt.com is where you sign up. So sign up there every Sunday morning and give you Sunday for seven or seven for Sunday. I don't even know what it's called, but it's seven quick thoughts for me about a lot of different things and links to everything I'm doing. All right. Thanks to my producer, Brian Neal, my musical producer, Sam Brandt. Apple podcast rankings are always appreciated. Really appreciate when you do that. And follow me on Twitter. If you don't already at Andrew Brandt, I'm on Instagram at Andrew Brandt too. Couldn't get Andrew Brandt. Uh, where else am I? That's about it. Newsletter, of course, I just mentioned. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week with another version of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.